Welcome to Sounds Familiar, a podcast where we discuss two pieces of media that share themes, plot points, or overarching ideas. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date with our upload schedule, news, and discussions. Take your seat, grab your popcorn, and silence your cell phones now. Please enjoy the show. Welcome back to Sounds Familiar. My name's Caleb, I'm 26, and I'm incorrigible. I'm Justin, I'm 29, and I'm impossible. I'm Stephanie, I'm 26, and I don't need a governess. Technically true. What does incorrigible mean? Oh, gosh. It means, like... It's okay, we don't have to play this out. Unstoppable, (laughs) but in, like, a negative way. Like, you just can't... (laughs) Get them I think to you behave. and Julie Andrews disagree on the definition of incorrigible. Well, she, she, that's the thing. She's joking about it. She's like, she doesn't... Okay, incorrigible. To... <laughs> Not able to be corrected, improved, or reformed. See? Look, you don't have to correct me, okay? I don't... <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Off to a good start. <laughs> we had to take a break last week because Stephanie and I bought a house. And moved in and did not yet have internet. Yeah, that that was sad. The audience can't see, but I'm <laughs> popping confetti poppers everywhere. To <laughs> yes, we are now recording from a different closet, and this time we have chairs. Hey. We are no longer sitting on the floor. Uh, but yeah, we, we tried to watch The Sound of Music, got literally a few seconds in, and Disney Plus just... <laughs> Don't try to watch Disney Plus on a hotspot, kids. Yeah. You you will not have a good time. No, no, it was bad. But, um, oh, speaking of which, we might have to alter our lineup for this month a little. But that's okay. We'll talk about that after the we'll show. We'll discuss that. This week, we're going to be discussing Mary Poppins and The Sound of Music. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess our point of comparison this week is musicals where julie andrews plays a nanny a magical nanny sort of magical or you could or make an argument manic that she is magical <laughs> yes she as adjective or as the other word i'm looking for she is magic <laughs> or she is a magical personality yes exactly and these movies came out within a year of each other so this this was this was quite a year for julie like uh, Mary Poppins was 64, Sound of Music was 65, and uh, I don't know if they were both released by Disney. I mean, obviously, everything's owned by Disney now, including the Sound of Music. But anyway, not important. Um, so I guess we're going to start with Mary Poppins since it came out first came chronologically. Out first. Yes. <laughs> and Julie Andrews' first film, I learned today. Yeah. Wow. Shoot. Wow. I mean,. Yeah, like you said, she was on Broadway first, but you I think you can kind of tell a little bit. She has that very, like, kind of shiny presence on screen that, like, kind of uh, shows that, like, she's used to acting with more than just her face, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely Broadway energy. Okay, so do we want to go ahead and get into Mary Poppins, guys? Uh, yeah. So Mary Poppins was one of my favorite Disney movies as a kid. Um, watching it as an adult... I realize more and more every time just how little I understood of what was happening in this movie <laughs> as a kid. Um, there are entire conversations and jokes and plot lines that I was watching this time like, what? I, huh? 
had no idea. Yeah. Uh, well, there's so much dialogue in it, and there's... a lot of it is said with like strong accents, and it goes so fast. Yes, um, strong accents. This, the, the line delivery can be very quite rapid. Yes. And um, all the dialogue is rapid. Pretty much all of it. Like it's just pew pew pew. Yeah, I found myself feeling like um, Jane and Michael most of the time, like the scene in the bank. <laughs> As a kid, I had no idea what was going on. All I knew was they wanted his tuppence, but I couldn't understand anything else. <laughs> and which, I mean, I guess there's one thing to be said about this movie in that it you don't understand. It's easy to not understand a lot of what's going on, but also it still conveys the general meaning to kids. Yeah. Which I guess kind of works because... Two kids are kind of the main characters. Well, yeah, you're watching that scene, and, like, so much of it is shot from, like, Jane and Michael's perspective with, like, the scary old men, like, looming over them and yelling at them. And, like, they're saying all these insane words, like, talking about, like, fucking plantations and, like, investments, and, and like, the kids are just like, what? And then you realize, like, oh, you kind of feel like the kids right now. Mm -hmm. Like, and even more so if you were watching it as a kid. Like, you completely get that sense of just, like, bro, I just wanted to feed some birds. I don't know what's (laughs) happening right now. Sorry, I went off on that tangent during my introduction because I didn't want to forget to bring it up later. No, no, you're, you're definitely right. Um... (laughs) The lesson here, kids, is that old white men always want your money. I mean, not the worst takeaway we we (laughs) could get here. Um, Yes, I grew up loving this movie as well. It was one of the movies I was actually exposed to as a kid and was a big fan of it. Um, Like Caleb, I had no idea what was going on for, like, at least half of the movie. Um... I just liked that it was lively and colorful and that people floated around (laughs) and I I don't know. I thought it was fun. As I got older, I started appreciating more things. Like I always like Mrs. Banks and like marching around with her crazy little accent, like talking about votes for women, like, uh, and like Mr. Banks's delivery of everything is so funny. Like even when he's being a dick, he's just like always so like, completely self-serious until the very end even when he's like sounds completely ridiculous Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh i'm a big fan of the delivery of um in short you have a ghastly mess (laughs) what a way to end a song (laughs) (laughs) emphasis the uh the performances by these actors really make the cartoons feel fantastic uh, normal like it's not jarring at all it's like it, it feels so natural and uh effortless this movie's right. just delightful. <laughs> Not a single person is phoning it in, like. Nope. <laughs> but Justin, say your bit, your piece before we actually like yeah, go yeah. off oh, on any okay. more tangents. Um, I I saw this movie once or twice as a kid. It's not one that I uh, went back to a lot because I was like, "Where's my funny genie or my lions?" <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather, uh, as a kid, much rather would have watched the uh, the Renaissance movies. Uh, so this is the first time I've seen it in a long, long time. And like you guys said, I picked up on a ton um, that I didn't. Um, I, I still don't know how much I have to say about it, it other than uh, it's Mary Poppins. It's wonderful. It's delightful. Uh, Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews are goddamn national treasures. Um. <laughs> I, I I found myself watching this and feeling like I had more to say than I originally expected. Um, That's how I feel for- about our second movie this one we'll Mm. see (laughs) so the performances in this movie are all fantastic 
Um, I'm a big fan of Mr. Banks. Um, his... He's, like, maybe the only dynamic character, or, like, the only character that actually, like, changes yeah. really that much. Yes. Because the, the mother doesn't need to change. Like, even though she... I can't get a read on how I the movie either. wants you to feel about her. No. Because, on the one hand, I, like... So, she's a suffragette. She's trying to gain votes for women in England in 1910, which hadn't happened yet, apparently. I'm not up on my British history. Um... <laughs> And, but, so, but on the other hand, she clearly cares about the children, but she's also off doing this all the time and needs a nanny constantly looking after them. Yeah. So I can't tell if it's just like, oh, she's just a, a, a rich housewife who has to find something to occupy her time and that's just what rich housewives do. Yeah. So like, it, this well, is, it's not it's actually looking down on her. It's confusing because like, yeah, it's like the movie doesn't really look down on her, but it clearly wants us to like laugh at her a little bit and be mm -hmm. like, oh, what is this? lady doing like and yet it doesn't have her at any point undergo the same like questioning process or like redemption arc that mr banks does. right yeah, and also like, nobody what? questions her worth as a mother it, right <laughs> it's a little odd it never feels like uh the movie is making us think uh what she's doing is wrong or ridiculous it's just that she's a little bit ridiculous herself <laughs> she's a she's yeah, a kooky she's lady we're all little, yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, let's not forget the line um you know how mr banks uh <laughs> you know how the cause infuriates Thank mr you. banks yeah. <laughs> that's a big oof line right there <laughs> even though honestly if it didn't like <laughs> that kind of character if he if he actually was like oh hell yeah votes for women i'd be like what no <laughs> that doesn't make any sense Yes, yes, quite right. Quite so right. I, I wonder if there's, like, an epilogue that we don't see where he's like, I do believe women should be allowed to have basic human rights now. Do you, <laughs> That's what he yells at the kite after Mary Poppins yeah, flies <laughs> oh, oh, I'm for it. Like. Oh, that's true. He was flying a kite that said votes for women on the tail. Was he actually? Yeah, she grabbed one of her oh. sashes and said a, a proper kite needs a proper tail. That's nice. I never saw that. That's a nice little symbolic thing, I'm sure. I guess that once you start to see children as humans, you can allow women to be humans too. It's amazing how the how what that next? I know horses as humans too. Oh, dogs um, and cats living together. Mass hysteria. So, <laughs> I never understood Admiral Boom as a kid. I, I always don't. thought I was like, why does that man live on their roof? <laughs> I um, it never clicked as a kid that he lives next door. Yeah, but the booms are because so it didn't make cute. sense to me that like if he doesn't live on the same building, why are why does their house fall apart every time it happens? I just assumed he was some crazy old man who lived on, like, the third floor and had access to the roof. <laughs> yeah, I, that's still such a confusing plotline to me. And the only way I, I guess I can rationalize it is just, like, the whole movie is full of, like, It's just filling London characters. with unique, colorful characters. Right, which is fun in and of itself. I guess it's showing... And it all works to kind of juxtapose itself to Mr. Banks himself, who who he has this whole opening uh, song about how the world is all in order because of the British Empire. Which I love that song. And, yeah, it's a great little I, I love it. song. Uh, something, something, it's the, the age of men. Both like. of the parents get fantastic introduction yeah. songs. Mm -hmm. um, both of them, like as soon as they enter the house... Um, they get their songs, and they're both really fun. <laughs> Although we adore men individually, <laughs> we all agree they're ra they're, they're rather, rather stupid. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> As a group, yeah. Uh, so yeah, great intro songs for both of them. But yeah, yeah. Um, with I guess the admiral, it's just another example of like just 
London is actually full of all these zany, colorful people. Like, if you'll just let it happen. Yeah, to you. right. Um, if you're not like this guy, <laughs> this square. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are also some great lines. Some this movie sends shivers down my spine in multiple points and it's almost always because of Dick Van Dyke which I know his accent is like it's panned all the time the way as a kid I really believe that was how many people it, sounded it does not, not bother me <laughs> yeah I know I was like what people think that that's not a good accent oh could have fooled me <laughs> like uh, um, um, like at the very beginning um when he says, you know, uh, wind's coming in, like something is brewing about to begin. Yep. Um, Great line. And then Great when they're delivery. staring up the chimney and the hole on, um, you know, the rooftops of London um, is a great bit. It's that sense, uh, he really instills that sense of, like, wonder and excitement mm-hmm. for, like, for, like, small basic things, like looking up a chimney and mm-hmm. seeing the stars. And like... the musical cues are fantastic. Oh, yeah. Underneath yeah. it. The the score of this movie, I, I, I love it. Like, not I've, just the songs. But... I, I don't think there's ever going to be another uh, metaphor for the state of my mental health than uh, <laughs> Bert getting real serious in his intro song and then breaking out into a dance and banging a cymbal on his head. I was like, that's, I get that, man. <laughs> Man, Dick Van Dyke's performance in this really made me uh, wish that when I was younger, I wasn't so, like, uh, uh, turned off by musicals like this, and I was too like, oh, I'm too busy being an alt-teen. I want to be a song and dance man so bad. (laughs) It looks like so much fun. mentioned while we were watching it he has this great physicality too because he has because just like an odd yeah just long like well, he can body. just like throw his legs out there yeah <laughs> like you make walking look funny you know? <laughs> it's especially fun like juxtaposing him to uh julie andrews as mary poppins because she has this very like graceful yet extremely controlled physicality mm-hmm. where it's like every move seems like very calculated and, and like um elegant and everything and yet it's also fun like the, like near the end when they're doing the big dance when she like does her little dance moves too and everybody's like whoa <laughs> like, when do you what think a the, woman <laughs> when do you think the chimney sweeps get together to to practice that <laughs> You think they've only got, like, ten minutes of real work in any given day and spend the rest of their time doing that? Yeah, if that, so, sign me up. I know. Give me some tap shoes and cover me in soot. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are some hardworking men in in London in 1910. No way these guys are up for this big song and dance immediately after, you know, punching out. I know, they're punching out. dying. Well, what do like, I know? the black lung and everything. <laughs> got the black lung. <laughs> that... That uh, that line where um, the kid gets the soot blown into his face is like, oh, it's nothing but nice, clean soot. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> give that about 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's awful. So this movie um, has a very bad case of thing happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of, and of then, almost no plot. Yeah, and yeah. then... 
next thing happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's more like a series of vignettes. Yes. When and like every couple vignettes, they'll sprinkle in something about Mr. Banks. Mm-hmm. But a lot of old movies were, uh, uh, sorry, old, old Disney movies. movies. Yes. Yeah, were like that. Like if you watch like it, also the old animated movies, like it's extremely like scene happens like and the then other the scene stone. happens. Yeah, which is. You know, there there's nothing wrong with that. It can get a little like after it, something ends, you're like, wait, what was the point of that? There can be a little something wrong with that when the movie is over two hours long, yeah. and the sequence in the drawing with like the horse race and Super Cal, and then the chimney sweep dance are both like they're really long. Yes. Yeah. The the drawing sequence the 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 cartoon sequence literally you could scoop out the entire thing i'm not exaggerating and the movie would not change okay i'm sorry you could the word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious that is the one thing that ever comes back but what about the whimsy <laughs> no i you can and that's why it should stay cut but... the scene where dick van dyke is tap dancing with penguins but should you <laughs> Do you have? Do you lack the heart? Yeah. You know to do that. Well, I want someone thing. to look me in the face and cut that out of the film. Well, that yeah, that's the thing about this kind of thing is like sometimes a movie can be more than the sum of its parts. Like, mm-hmm. and while it is a little frustrating at times to see such a mandarin, mandarin, meandering uh, structure. Mm. You don't want to lose those things. No. Like, you they could, could be tiny. You could cut the entire Uncle Albert sequence. But why would yeah. you? Edwin is delightful. Is that his name? I love that scene. Yes. And okay, that scene is always, like, nothing is actually that funny, but it literally is infectious, like, the whole time I'm Oh, like, I love the, wo- I love the wooden leg like, named Smith joke. That was, that killed me as what a kid. Uh, oh it, it's interesting we're saying like all of these uh these instances of uh parts of the film that don't drive the plot happen to be the ones that are arguably the most iconic in the entire film um yeah. e- unfortunately you don't really remember uh mr bank's character arc when you think back on mary poppins from your childhood <laughs> uh, no but i re- it, that's the it's it's, it's stand out now though yeah to the absolutely point that, like as soon as the chimney sweep sequence is over, like, well, I was already paying attention, but I, I start paying full attention, like, from the moment Bert starts having that one-on-one with Mr. Banks, straight through to the end. It, it's all heart. It's like a growing awareness. Like Justin was saying, like, when you're a kid, like, the things that stand out to you are the bright things, the colorful things, the, the, the musical things. And then, you know, as you get older, you start to realize, like, oh, there's actually, like, a real heart to the story, mm-hmm. too. And that's kind of, I guess, what makes it enduring, like, makes it a fun experience to rewatch. is that, <laughs> like, when I was a kid, yeah, all I really remembered was the the little uh, carousel horses and, you know, the fun <laughs> songs and the little robins and, like, the scary men at the bank and, <laughs> you know, that stuff. But as you get older, you're like, oh, this is about... A, a man learning to put aside capitalistic gain in order to have a relationship with his children. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not every movie from your childhood that you can go back to it as an adult and get more out of, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not gonna gain anything extra, any extra meaning from Space Jam. <laughs> I should know. Mm-hmm. I've watched Space Jam as an adult, but 
mm. watching mm-hmm. Mary Poppins, there's a lot of additional stuff and meaning and nuance there that I got enjoyment out of as an adult that I didn't even begin to understand as a kid. Yeah, that there, I like that there, and not all old Disney movies can say this, much as I love them, <laughs> that there really is an emotional core to the story and it has like themes, you know, like not super deep stuff, but like good stuff. I mean, when we think about these movies in tandem, it's interesting to me that both of them came out like in such a a short time period of each other, um, and right at, like, the middle of the 60s, and one kind of has to wonder if this was around the time that people were starting t- to come around to the wild, insane, progressive idea of having a relationship with your children. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's kind of present in both of them. It it's was like, the post-1950s. Yeah, and, but... and now that we all came back from the war, they were like, well, now that half the population is dead or whatever, uh, maybe we should actually begin to value the people around us. <laughs> and so... And kind of exploring that unique concept through through the medium of film, um, it's, but but you do kind of it, you do kind of get that sense. Of it's like oh, like and through the characters of I guess specifically the dad characters. Yeah, maybe it was more of a thing for men at this time because it's like okay, we had kind of established that like maybe maybe moms can have a relationship with their children, but it's like but you're dad <laughs> like what? <He> gods. <laughs> I know. have either of you seen saving mr banks no i have not i have not either okay um it's impossible to know how much of it is editorialized <laughs> um by the mouse but i do recommend it yeah I i'm, I'm it. interested to see that um yeah i don't know i enjoyed tom hanks's walt disney <laughs> uh, i've heard it's I've heard it's pretty good, um, but the only thing I know about it is also all those headlines be, uh, coming out that said, Disney won't allow Tom Hanks to smoke as Walt Disney. <laughs> was like, right, the most what... they got was they, they managed to squeeze in a clip of him putting out a cigarette. Disney so strongly, it is so ingrained in their brand that <laughs> they, they don't allow any iconography of Walt Disney smoking that they photoshopped <laughs> cigarettes out of his hands in like all of his old photos so he has like two fingers held out for no reason and so all cast members in Disney parks point with two <laughs> fingers because that's what Walt did so it is so ingrained that Walt Disney oh. does not smoke cigarettes that the cover up became part of like mandatory like what park employees have to do was that a was that a defunct land video that talked about that crazy crazy party uh, that disney threw on their animators we need to link that in the description because oh boy (laughs) (laughs) yes that was such a fun video another fun thing i learned um i don't know if this is on reddit or twitter i just read it a week or two ago they disney used to for in, include in the contracts for their animators that Disney owned any and all art that was drawn by the animators while they worked for Disney. Yep. Ooh. Famously, people who draw cartoons are giant horn dogs. <laughs> so, there is official, quote unquote, owned by Disney, Rule 34 art. <laughs> Created by actual Disney animators of just about every character you can think of locked away in a vault somewhere. No, I want to see that so bad. 
Disney is never going to release that. Anyway, citation needed. Let me into the um, vault. That's also where they keep his head. I need in there so bad. Anyway, another line that I caught for the first time watching this. Mm. Um, after the bank scene, when the kids are running away and they're like running through the docks and are scared of everything, and they run into Bert. And mm-hmm. Bert tries to assure them, and he says, I'll take care of you as if I was your own father. Now, who are you running from? And the kids respond, Father! <laughs> <laughs> no. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I really like their kind of little arc with him. Like, and it's kind of funny because he gives them that whole speech about, like, well, think about how lonely your dad is. And then once he actually talks to Mr. Banks, he's like, listen, sir, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't really know why he changed his tune. Maybe it was just because he he met him or because he was just trying to tell each person what he well, thinks. Well, yeah, you got to, you got to, you, you, you can't tell the kids your dad's an asshole. No, that's true. You got to tell the kids, think of the pressure your dad is under, yeah. which is still true. Yeah. And For then sure. tell the dad, hey, I know you're under pressure, but don't be an asshole to your kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, both things can be true. A nuance point like... from Disney. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Disney. Uh, from Bert, the chimney sweep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, Mr. Banks is like, well, I, I, I couldn't really listen to it when it came from a woman, but I guess <laughs> now that it's that a That darn man, Poppins woman. A man, even though he's from the lower classes, uh, don't love that. But I guess he's <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yes, no, I, I, I really like that little development, too. Oh, gosh, what else is there? We haven't really been going through the plot, which is fine. No, that's not important. It doesn't have one, much of one. Um, there's a fun little that. thing in the credits um, where the last listed character is um, the elder... Dawes, mm-hmm. Mr. Dawes Sr., the head of the bank. Yeah. <laughs> and it has some face, f- false name. I don't remember what it is. And Nav- it pauses on that. Navkid Keed. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> and then the letters all swirl around and pull a yeah. I am Tom Riddle thing, or I am Lord Voldemort thing with Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. And also, as a kid, I never picked up that that was him. Nope, me neither. Like, not even kind I didn't of. Either. The facial prosthetics are great. No, they Watching it good. this time, the only giveaway was his legs. <laughs> like no joke, when he's trying, when he's doing that whole bit where he takes a, a whole minute to walk down a single step. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's that's, that's Dick Van Dyke's Dick legs. Van Dyke <laughs> energy radiating from the man. Yes, extremely so. Oh gosh, anything else, guys? I mean, I could definitely go on more tangents, but I like this movie a lot. I really, really love Mr. Banks and his story. Um, it's a little too long, but I wouldn't cut anything, I don't think. Yeah, if I was going to cut anything, eh, I would not cut, I, I would whittle down some of the stuff at the beginning, like before Mary Poppins gets there. And some of the cartoon stuff. I yes. wouldn't cut it necessarily. I would just clean it up a little. <laughs> but yeah, uh, apart from that. No, this movie's delightful. Um, I was watching it today, and when uh, my girlfriend came home from work, 
Uh, we were talking about it, and I said, I dare anyone to be in a bad mood when both Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke are on screen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's impossible. It's just sparkles and sunshine the entire time. Yes. Um, you know, you could cut the, the entirety of Jolly Holiday with Mary, but one of the things I do enjoy about this movie is the whole mystery of uh, Bert and Mary's relationship. Um, and just Mary in general, like, does she, Everyone how knows much her. does she know these people? Yeah, like, where does she come from? Where does she go? Where does she come from, Cotton Eye Joe? I know, exactly. Um, like, what what is going on? Just, Justin's rubbing his eyes. <laughs> come on, that was a gimme. I set him up. Yeah, but, um, yeah, extremely mysterious. Don't really know what's going on with that, but it works for the movie, so... That's all I got from Mary Poppins at the moment. I might think of something later and want to kick myself, but for the moment, mm. no kicking. No kicking. <laughs> yeah, I'm good too. All right. Okay. Uh, we'll be back after the break. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out our show. Give us a follow on Twitter at SoundsFilmilliar and let us know any film pairings you would like us to cover. Did you also know that we have a sister show that covers cryptids, UFOs, and anything else strange and spooky? If that sounds like your thing, be sure to listen to I Hope You Exist on your favorite podcast service. We love you. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Sounds Familiar, and the hills are alive with the sound of movies. Oh, boy. Uh, Nice one. Thank you. Can I get a job making those, like, weird ads before the previews of a movie? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yo, can I get a job? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How about the hills have eyes with the sound of music? I like that one less. I do not like that. (laughs) How about that crossover? Uh... Hi. <laughs> mm. So, yes, we are back with the sound of music. There is no other sound of music. This is the only one. This is what music sounds any like. Other mu- any other music with another sound is false music. Mm-hmm. Heretics. <laughs> it's an Your favorite band? Name. Fake. <laughs> Fake. Apostasies. It's not real, yeah. They've been excommunicated. <laughs> God said this is the only music. Um, yeah, it's kind of an, it's, it's an odd title and yet it fits. I mean, it's very much about music. Um, so I'm not mad at it. Um, yes. So the sound of music, like I grew up with Mary Poppins and liked it, but this one I was obsessed with growing up, like watched it more times than any child should probably watch a three hour movie or, or more times than it makes sense for a child to watch a three hour movie. Um, but I bet your parents loved it <laughs> because it kept me watching something for three it kept hours. Kept you occupied for three hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can you can you imagine me being the kind of kid who is like, "Mom, Dad, I'm bored." Okay, wait. Yes, I did do that. Uh, <laughs> but still, that's immaterial. Um, yeah. The this one was one of my absolute favorites growing up. Um. A sl- not quite as extreme in the I didn't know what anyone was saying, but now I do. But there's still a little bit of that going on. Like every time I watch it, as I get older, I'm like, oh, okay, yes, I see now. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and for- we had to just crank the volume and hope we understood because Disney Plus's subtitles are awful. Mm. They're, I don't know what it is, but subtitles lately, instead of being actually what the words are, have just been like a rough approximation. And that's not good enough for me. They're the sp- spiritual subtitles. Justin? <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, um, well, first of all, my experience with it. I saw it like once in school as a kid. Uh, so this is only my second time oh. watching it ever. Enjoyed it so much more this time. Yeah. Um, and the first time I watched it, uh, to what Stephanie was saying, I didn't realize how much of a slow burn the uh the nazi stuff was um it's there throughout the entire movie the looming Mm -hmm. thread of it um when i was a kid and saw it it was just kind of like oh i guess we're doing this now (laughs) yeah when i when i was a kid and watched it i remember like i was always really like I don't know if scared is the right word, but always really tense during, like, the latter scenes, which is how you're supposed to feel, but I never really... Understood. Right, the tension didn't build for me as much as it did watching it, like, this time, and, you know, a couple other times as an adult, like, being like, oh, the entire time they're talking about the Anschluss, and they're talking about, like, um, how Austria is basically being commandeered by Germany, like, as we speak, and, um, and how that's like a threat for him from the very beginning which it, it is good because that needs to be set up um because the way that the um the tone of the movie changes really needs that setup and sometimes i still do think it is a little jarring but it is less jarring for me as an adult because i understand that that kind of um that that kind of foreshadowing is there throughout um, like, for instance, in the com- the conversation between uh, Liesl and Rolf takes on a very different <laughs> tone yes. now. As a kid, I was just like, la-di-da, teenagers, I don't really know what they be doing, but they be doing something. Um, but now I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> Which conversation? Oh, um, right before they sing 16, 17, whatever, and he's like, uh, I worry for your father because he's so Austrian. And she's like, well, we're all Austrian. He's like, well, some people think we ought to be German and they're very mad at those who don't think so. And like <laughs> at the time I was like, Foop, right over my head. But now I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it also makes it make more sense now when like Liesl goes up to him and she's like, hi, do you want to deliver the telegram? And he's like, <laughs> I'm into Hitler now. <laughs> Not ladies. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Jokes on you, girly. I'm Hitler, you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm Hitler's bitch forever. Um. <laughs> That's going to be your cold open now. <laughs> I declared it. Please do not quote that um, out of context. We're quoting it out of context. Oh it's decided. Um, quote Stephanie out of Hitler's bitch forever. <laughs> this was the first time I have ever seen this movie. Insane. Ah. I can't believe this. <laughs> and he's been married to me for six years, as of a few days ago. Um, how? Yeah. How did this happen? And you didn't push me hard enough? I don't no, know. No, I get too embarrassed to try to make him watch the stuff that I want him to watch, because I'm like, what if he doesn't like it? Well, well now you have you, a whole... You have a whole show dedicated to forcing Caleb to watch things. <laughs> this go. was all my design. You just have design. to justify another movie to watch it with. Yes, oh, plenty. I have plenty more to justify. Um, um, I liked it. I kept having those, you know, you know, those moments where you go, 
Oh, that's what that joke was on Family Guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Uh, which, you know, I'm having in- increasingly less, you know, fewer and fewer of those. Um, <laughs> it-, it helps to be culturally aware, you know? Yes. Now, it, uh, it-, it really is um, one of those things that you understand at least 10% more pop culture references <laughs> after you've watched <laughs> yeah. The Sound of Music. Yes. Well, it's iconic, so... Well, I'm glad Caleb enjoyed it. I was nervous because it is really long. Um, Not as meandering as Mary Poppins, but very slow about unfolding things. You know, it, it definitely takes its time. Uh, which, which I like, but I, I was a little nervous that he would think it was kind of a drag or whatever. Uh, so the the first half, not even half, the first hour, I would say, does uh, take its time. Um, but I was yes. actually, I, I was very invested in the second two hours. Yeah, uh, I did definitely think some scenes went on for a little too long like the sure. i'm sorry i thought the <laughs> Stephanie's doe, like i, I thought stop. they're outing the doe idea sequence was okay that's it's like 20 <laughs> minutes long with the children this is the no. first time that they have ever had like like or at least the first time ever in years that they've had someone who like actually wants to have fun with them and is like teaching them cool stuff and bonding with them it's an important montage no I, to that point i i i still think the the first uh hour uh takes the time it's a little slow but uh, uh just like with mary poppins I can't think of anything that I would cut because it's either very fun or pays off later. There's not well, and that's the thing, really like, a wasted scene. Yeah, like, I feel like while it is a long movie and it is slow-paced, yeah, I can't think of anything that I'm like, I don't really know why that's there. You know, yeah. like, everything feels like it It has a pretty strong reason for being there, in my opinion. Like, I don't know. Um it doesn't feel like it ever meandered. Okay, okay, I'm wrong. I do have one. I hate to say this because I like this sequence. The one where they do the puppet show. I think that could go. That could absolutely get cut. Yes, that could get cut. But I like it. Yeah, it's fun. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. And uh, so my, uh, my Disney Plus, again, fix your platform, damn it. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. My Disney Plus kept, like, restarting. During the sequence where um, the puppet band members are playing. So just, like, seeing that guy's cheeks poke out, I had to see that, like, five times <laughs> before the movie. I was like, this is going to be burnt into my skull. I know. It's kind of a fascinating thing for a puppet to do. Like, have their cheeks blare out like that. It's kind of unsettling. Um, no, I love that whole sequence in general. Like, as a kid, I remember... Oh, as a kid... Um, all of Baroness Schrader's outfits, like, I was just, like, bleh, like, hard eyes <laughs> and everything. And, like, I hadn't seen that many, 
Like, I was always so fascinated by her because I actually hadn't seen very many, like, old movies, so that kind of old Hollywood glamour thing that mm-hmm. she had going on, I was like, what is this? Like... <laughs> her jewelry was literally making the, like, yes. light I know. stars. I loved it. <laughs> it was amazing. Right? So it's good. so glamorous and so, like, sparkly. Um, which, I mean you know, ends up being contrasted with, you know, Maria's, like, more down-to-earth and everything. And that's fine. Like, it makes sense. But, like, <laughs> I do remember as a kid being, like, shiny lady. <laughs> like, um, no, I, I always really liked that scene, like, that whole sequence at their, their ball and everything. Um, but, but we get ahead of ourselves. Um, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Um, hush. We kind of stopped doing the go beat by beat through the plot, which is which is probably for a good the best. thing. Yeah, that's yeah. for the best. But it also makes it a little more difficult to structure the uh, discussions. Um, mm. I mean, I usually come up with my thoughts by yeah, yeah going yeah. chronologically in my head. Yeah, I mean, okay, so we have the same basic setup of the whole like, okay, she's not a she's not called a nanny in this one. She's called a governess. I think it was, like, called a nanny for younger children and a governess for older children, maybe. Something like that. Um, but governess is such a terrifying word. I don't know. <laughs> like, it sounds so severe. It does. <laughs> Scary. Um, but, no, it's, like, a really fun, really fun, like, a little series of events. And I like how both something both of these movies have in common is, like, you get so, like... The children are painted as this, like, terrifying entity that, like, only the strongest of women can conquer. And then it's like, oh, they're just kids. like <laughs> Right, like in Mary Poppins, she's like, the children ran off again? I'm sick of it. They're horrible. And it's like, they lost their kite and they went to look for it. Yeah. It's not their fault that you're a Metal Gear Solid video game character and, like, the moment they pass out of your cone of view, they cease to exist to you. (laughs) Right, right. Like, oh, yeah, like, it's even worse with the kids in Mary Poppins because it's like, oh, these are the terrible children. They're just, like, adorable, doe-eyed kids who are like, if a nanny is nice to us, then we'll be nice to her. And it's like, oh, this is really difficult, I guess. <laughs> like, um, but, you know, that's a whole conceit that the society is built up in such a way that, yeah. Speaking of playing up how bad someone is, <laughs> those nuns, they blow, they blow Maria. up Maria into yeah. this huge whirling dervish that, leave, that leaves chaos and destruction <laughs> in her wake. When in reality, she, like, she hums and likes to go hiking yeah. sometimes. Like, I, they make it sound like she's manipulative and controlling and just downright well, awful. When in reality, they're like, oh, singing in the tabernacle? Well, I never. <laughs> Underneath her wimple, she has curlers in her hair. Like, um, yes, that. but I think the point of that song is, like, kind of the point is that they're overblowing it. Like, um, because... What we, the audience, know and what Maria has to grow to know is that she doesn't belong there. Like, because she, she, we don't really know much about her backstory, but, like, it's pretty obvious that she's, like, not super confident. Like, she has a whole song about it. And she's, like, looking for a place that she's, like, where she feels like she's supposed to be and where she can help and where she can feel at home. And she thinks she will find that at the Abbey. (laughs) But with, you know... How do you solve a problem like Maria? Like, we come to see that, like, 
that's not really where she's supposed to be because no shade to the Catholic Church. Actually, you know, all shade to the Catholic Church. Um, <laughs> that's like the, a, a nunnery, whatever you want to call it, an abbey is like not really the place for someone with that uh, bright of a personality. She's too much of a free spirit, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she gets these notions. Um, but, but yeah, but she doesn't know that yet. But it's kind of clear that the other nuns sort of know it. Like, um, to the point where they're, like, not trying to get her to stay. They're like, please go. Find your dream. <laughs> Just not here. Um, but, that, but that's a fun thing, too. Because it's, like, she's a more dynamic character. Like, she has more of an arc, I guess, than, than her character, than Julie Andrews' character in Mary Poppins. Because Mary Poppins is very much, like an agent of change like she doesn't change herself she changes the oh yes she her. very much is an agent of chaos, <laughs> <laughs> agent of chaos. the only disney character that could give wanda maximoff a run for her <laughs> <laughs> i would love to see mary poppins alternate universe that sounds great well we kind of did anyway um but yes like um Right, it's like she kind of has to go on that journey of self-discovery too, so she also changes. And I, I like that a lot. And that's kind of where, like, the romance element comes in, is that, like, she has to discover her place, and he has to discover how to, I don't know, not be a sad, angry person. Like Turns out all it took was music. Mm well, there you go. I mean, that's the title of the movie. But well, <laughs> wait, wait a second. No, but she's kind of music personified, right? Like, like throughout the story, like there's all these little things about, like, <laughs> you know, how the nuns say that she's singing in the abbey. Oh no! Like, <laughs> she just can't stop bringing music wherever she goes, and like. Um, the housekeeper mentions that she's like, well, ever since the captain's wife died, there's been no more music and no more laughing. And like, and so that's what Maria brings kind of. Um, and yeah, like, I, I don't know. I really like that. And I like how she, she does change. Like she's not, I, I know I referred to her jokingly as a manic pixie dream girl earlier, but that was reductive. <laughs> that is not at all what she is because she has her own arc. Like she's, um, at least for the first half of the movie, she's very much like the point of view character. I think you could make an argument that the point of view kind of shifts to Captain Von Trapp in the latter half, mm -hmm. but in a way yeah. that seems kind of natural. I mean, I, the the progression of the plot kind of calls. I mean, he for wouldn't it. have been a good POV character before that. Mm. No, it would have just been like, man, my children are being loud. Yeah, it would have been again. a lot. It would have been two hours of silence and him walking around and scowling at things <laughs> and whistling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yes the shift feels natural which um, don't get me wrong i would totally watch a movie where christopher Plummer just walked around and going mm, i'm dead inside and the nazis are taking over my country mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, he is so good in this movie like i know that christopher Plummer kind of famously did not like this movie or until like until later in life i think i i read somewhere that he like kind of came around on it was like oh that was actually a good movie and spoke to a lot of people. I appreciate it now. But I think when he was, like, younger, he resented being, like, so associated with it when he was trying mm -hmm. to do other stuff. Ah, the Star Trek effect. Yeah, which is what happens to a lot of actors. Um, but <laughs> that being said, R.I.P. Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer. <laughs> Christopher Plummer. 
Shut up, Caleb. Anyway, he was he was really good. And he's so laughing at me. Start the Christopher Clumper. I'm going to murder you. Stop. No. Ignore me. Carry on. Not an Eddie Murphy character. (laughs) He's a distant cousin of the Clumps. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Anyways, what I was going to say is he is unreasonably hot in this movie. And that's I've... just my opinion. <laughs> I kept getting big Joaquin Phoenix vibes no! from the entire time. No. See, I'm I... incapable no. of seeing Joaquin Phoenix as anything other no. than creepy. I, I was getting... Uh, I, I sent a message to you guys saying that a uh, young Christopher Plummer like resembles Michael Fassbender a lot. <sighs> that I can see a little bit more. But here's the thing. When Christopher Plummer smiles, I'm not scared. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, when he smiles, I genuinely believe that he is happy and finds something funny. And I'm like, oh, look at him breaking his icy exterior to show some warmth. Whereas when Joaquin Phoenix smiles, I'm like, what he's about to murder someone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he was great as the Joker, I maintain. Um or a great casting for the Joker. I, I was about say. to say, did you see Joker? No, I didn't. I just think that that was a good casting, and I'm not particularly in a hurry to see the movie. Anyway. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'll watch it at some point. Um, no, I just, I, I don't know. I thought he brought a really fun energy to it where it's like, even when he's being kind of a dick, I think he still comes off kind of charming. Like, I was like, like, I'll be like, Wow, like take the stick out of your ass, but also <laughs> that's the thing that's the thing about him is you can tell all of his like uh, uh rigidness, his rigidity is it's a front. He's a very wounded right. man who doesn't it's know how to deal with it. Um, so when it when that is broken down, that entire arc is very satisfying and very believable. right, exactly. Yeah, like, and and I really like it, too, because it's, like, like, he comes off as kind of an asshole, but you never, like, really hate him. You're just kind of like, dude, come on, come on. But, um, and then I, I especially love when you kind of start to see the cracks forming, but he's trying very hard to, like, keep up this weird fucking, like, I'm a n- naval captain exterior, like, um... And I don't know. I just really appreciate how he has this kind of like his mouth sort of twitches at times. Like you can always tell like he's about to smile, but he's like really keeping it keeping it down. I don't know. It's really sexy. What can I say? Um, <laughs> speaking of sexy, this this movie reminds me of how beautiful old movie lighting was. Um just kind Especially of that, the romantic scenes. Yes, like the mm-hmm. the lighting is so good. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, where did that go? I mean, and I think part of the reason that it's gone, you know, is that it's it's very artificial looking. Like you can obviously tell that it's studio lighting or or whatever you call it. Um, but <laughs> continuing our ongoing conversation about like the place of artificiality in film, like. Um, I think that 
it, it really gives a little a little something something that <laughs> is maybe missing in a lot of our more modern scenes like um you know all the scenes in the little uh i don't know what you call it gazebo yeah <laughs> someone is trying to tear down a gazebo um yeah the they all have this very nice like kind of a soft lighting where it's like lots of things are in shadow and like only a select few things are illuminated you know both in the uh, 16 going on 17 scene and then later on in um captain von trapp and maria's like romantic scene um i kept being like wow like I don't know, it just looks really cool. The things that are like kind of a little shimmery, and then other things are shadowy. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has this very kind of a sensual quality. Um, and <laughs> I don't know anything about cinematography or lighting, but we should bring that back. There's my non-professional opinion. <laughs> uh, the one time in this film that uh, the lighting worked against uh, what it was trying to say is when um, what's her name, Mother. Mother the abbess? abbess? Yes. The uh, when Mother. she was when she was having her uh <laughs> go achieve your dreams live your life song. There's that shot where it's just her facing the window and it's like very dark with just the window lighting her face. And I was like if I was to screenshot this and send it to anyone, they would assume it was some type of intense drama or horror movie. <laughs> oh, I see I like that shot, but I I can see what you're saying. Yes. I it it was a little it was a little dark for the tone of the song. Mm-hmm. Like I think maybe more of her face should have been illuminated in that moment. Um but I I guess I guess I always liked it because I'm just a fan of dramatic lighting in general, and the lighting there is very dramatic. It's a beautiful shot, but it's like it does not match the does not match the song. I know, yeah, it's kind of scary when you look at it out of context. Um, okay, I'll stop talking because I've been talking a lot. Um, no, I please continue. I don't. I, I'm it, my mind is. I, I need to play off of you, Stephanie. Oh, yeah. If okay. any of us are qualified to lead this discussion, oh, it is you, bud. Wow. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, just um, as a romance, I like this movie a lot. Um, I've only come to appreciate it more. Like, I think it really kind of hits that a lot of rom-coms try to do the whole bickering as sexual tension thing. And a lot of times I'm like, uh, stop talking. Like, (laughs) um, (laughs) when it comes to that. But I think this one really nails it because (laughs) I always love this scene. Like after they, um, after they get off the boat and they're like in the water and everything so she's like dripping wet and he's like trying to be all stern and everything and she's just giving it right back to him and he calls her captain by accident because like she's talking to him like so strictly that he like (laughs) kind of snaps back into that little like naval demeanor and they both kind of look at each other for a second and there's that like kind of oh, we both know you fucked up, like, <laughs> between them then. And then he's like, Fraulein. And then she's like, wait. <laughs> right? And then they both kind of, like, go apart like that. Like, 
um, just really delightful. And I think, like, that was another thing as a kid that I kind of, like, you sort of subconsciously pick up on things, but, like, consciously you're like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, also, like, his conversations with the Baroness, like, now I'm watching them and I'm like, oh, this is, like, two adults who are, like, pretty pretty much into middle age now having like a genuine conversation about their life and their relationship and as a kid you're watching that like uh people say words yeah <laughs> no i i liked the scene where he, they're on the balcony like he mm. was watching maria walking by the water and the baroness comes out and they have a conversation that was one of those moments where like her earring did the yep. thing <laughs> the and i was like <laughs> but it was also just a really good scene it was really well written no i i really like his scenes with the baroness because they um you know they're revealing of character mm-hmm. and um she's not cartoonishly evil right yes she's uh, that's the point i wanted to make but is, not uh, yeah uh, is a lesser movie would have just made her the worst. You would have hated every scene with her in it. Like you would have been rooting against her the whole time. Um, it was handled very uh, mature, especially for a musical made in the '60s. Uh, mature <laughs> and honest. Just watching two people be like, you know, this isn't really working out. Right. Like, See you later. <laughs> it all feels yeah, it feels like weirdly mature in retrospect. You're like, oh. Like and she's obviously not a gold digger because she's super she rich. rich. And yeah. the, the text like mm-hmm. references it super like super a lot. Like she's like <laughs> just casually like, oh, she lives in Vienna and her husband died and left her all this money and you know, she's super connected and everything. So it's not like she's the it, it's definitely not painting her as some kind of you know, ravenous social climber or whatever, like, um, and so, yeah, it feels, like, weirdly mature for this kind of movie, Mm -hmm. like, a couple of, like, rich people just, like, realizing that it's probably not gonna work out, like, (laughs) I don't know, and I also, like, Mm. they had a marriage that made sense on paper, and it seems like they were both willing to settle for that, and then, uh, the, the captain fell in love and she was like yeah you should probably just do that (laughs) (laughs) probably actually needs me desperately i know the see that was kind of nice too because we also got more knowledge of her character was that like she it's a little sad honestly it's like she wants to feel needed and she she wants to be somebody's sugar mama (laughs) she literally said i I desperately need someone who needs me and my money She should just find some young guy, be like, honey, instead of joining Hitler Youth, let me show you something much better. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, But, right. And it's like, you can imagine that they probably would have had a functional relationship, but it wouldn't have been, like, you know, a truly passionate or loving one, like what he has with Maria. And it's it's nice that they, like, kind of mutually come to that agreement. And I like that it's not just that she says... Uh, I can't do this anymore. It's also that he says it. Like, they kind of come to that realization around the same time. So it feels kind of mutual, which was also really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um, I think I think the romance is really well done. Um, I like it a lot. And I also like how um, it segues nicely into the latter part of the movie. Because, like I said earlier, it can feel like kind of a weird tonal shift. But you get the sense that, like, you know, now that she's part of the family, she's really, like, ride or die. Like, okay, I guess we're running from Nazis now. Like, <laughs> might yeah. as well, you know. 
most other uh, films would have ended uh, at the wedding. Yeah. Like, that would have been roll credits. I remarked that, that to would have Caleb, been too. Yeah. But I like that it continues because, um, I don't know, it feels like it grounds it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and it and it shows... It, and it shows both Maria and um, Captain Von Trapp, because I refuse to say Georg, because what a name. Ugh. Um, <laughs> it shows both Maria and the captain in their their roles as parents, you know, and as partners. And also, according to Stephanie, it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. And yes. And this movie does what Cabaret doesn't. Like, they both are about... People living um, in, like, Europe in the time leading up to World War II and the rise of the Third Reich. But then The Sound of Music actually has to deal with that, the consequences of it. Yeah. Whereas Cabaret yeah. just kind of ends on a shot of, the, of a Nazi flag. Uh, and you're like, ooh. Uh, um, <laughs> Sound yeah. of Music is actually like, hey, guess what? The Nazis are here. You got to run from them. Right. <laughs> It's just nice to know that it's an actual happy ending and, like, that they really did escape and everything. Because, like, those ending parts are really tense. Like, it's funny because, like, (laughs) once again, it seems like it's from a different movie. But, like, when they're hiding behind, like, the gravestones and everything. And, like, I love the part where the captain comes out and, like, confronts Rolf. But every time I watch it, I'm like, what movie is this? <laughs> like, like I really love it because it's so tense. Like, yeah, um, it's like I know this isn't my first time watching this movie. I know he doesn't get shot, but no. my heart is still like beating like crazy. Right, but it's so like I don't know what movie this is from, but this is a great <laughs> scene. <laughs> um, on the point of it being based on a true story, a mm. uh, little fun fact: during the "I Have Confidence" song, uh, the real Maria von Trapp and two of the von Trapp children. Uh, walk by on the street. They have little cameos. Oh. How old were they <laughs> wow. at the time, I wonder? I'm not sure. Well, actually, I guess we can well, think of this Well, if the timeline follows, yeah, she would have yeah. been in her 40s or 50s. Yeah. That's that's wild. I think it was like... was the, This was like... It was a, like a stage show before a movie, right? Yes. Was it? I think... Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. I believe. I said yes with a lot of confidence. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> hey, Justin has so. confidence in sunshine. Ah. And rain. <laughs> I have confidence in sunshine. Um, right, and they also um, they really were like the Von Trapp family singers and everything. Yes. Um, yeah, that's kind of a that's a nice little through line too. Like we talked about earlier, like how music has kind of like it's never a really like no one ever really hammers it in like this is the theme but like how music is this nice little undercurrent of like something that like breathes life into this family dynamic and everything Mm -hmm. and is literally what allows them to escape the nazis oh i mean yeah thank you caleb (laughs) they they wouldn't have been able to escape if they didn't have a concert venue to be at That's so funny to me. And it's just like, as someone who has done a lot of stage shows, like thinking about the general chaos of that situation, it totally makes sense that you could escape yeah. in a car, like during, like backstage during a stage show. <laughs> uh, the fact that the woman who won third place takes so long with her bells probably saved their lives. Yes. <laughs> right. That's what I think. I thought about this last time. I was like, oh shit. Like, 
what if they hadn't won third place? Oh, uh, sorry, what if they hadn't won first place? Like, what if they, like, won third place, let's say, which would have been probably the worst position for them? Because if they hadn't won anything, then they wouldn't have been checked till after the show. But well, if they had won third place and they didn't show up then, then it would have been right after they went off stage. I, I'm wondering, um, the Max, how much he influenced the vote because he comes mm. up to the family and says, I think it's going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an, so also I an think... interesting character is Max. I'm, I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by him and like also kind of confused about his relation to the family. Like, I think we're supposed to infer that he was the deceased wife's brother because they call him uncle, but he seems to know the Baroness. So like, of course he does. He's friends with Georg. And yeah, just a case of all the rich the people knowing each other. captain's in a relationship yeah. with her. Right, I, I is, guess. Max I guess. is effectively his only friend, so it makes sense <laughs> that he knows his fiance. No, uh, yes, you're right. He probably did influence it. And I kind of like how he kind of functions as the sort of s- slimy centrist character who's like... He's just like, I just want everything to go smoothly. You know, it's uh, fine. I, I love when he gives the Heil in that scene. He yeah, like, just in like, his hand, like he feels gross about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, because and it's an it's such a nice contrast to Captain Von Trapp because it's like, you know, he just wouldn't have done it at all. He would have just like mm. been like, no, I'm ready to fight this entire stadium. Yeah, right now if I have exactly. To. <laughs> Whereas Max is like, I'll do it, but I'll be kind of like, uh, I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> about it like kind of wishy-washy no just a fun dynamic and um um no i like the conversations that they have where like the captain gets really mad at him (laughs) it's like stop talking um speaking of uh captain von trapp getting angry possibly my favorite line in this film is at their party um where they're talking about music and uh he says to Herr Zeller, uh, if it was the Nazis, you'd be the whole trumpet section. And he says, uh, you honor me. And then he stops, turns yeah. around, and yeah. is like, oh, my mistake. I meant to accuse you. I was like, oh, shit. You know, That's a lie. I remember my parents being like, oh, when we watched that movie as a kid, and I was like, I didn't know what any of that meant. Like, I don't know what accuse means. I don't know what so flatter much. means. I don't know what trumpet is. I don't know what that has to do with Nazis. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, but now I'm like, oh. So good. So sassy. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um... Okay, anything else, guys? I this is another movie I could talk about at length, but um, we got anything else? The kids were not unbearable, and no, by that I mean they were good. As yeah. in, like, I don't mean to say that to, for that to be like middle of the road praise. I mean, as opposed to like, you know, a movie with that many kids, it yeah. could have been. <sighs> it felt yeah. pretty natural. Like they definitely seemed like. I like the the parts when, like, a lot of them would be talking at once and they would just be saying stuff and you're never sure, like, who's saying what. And mm. that that's, like, just how kids talk. Um, yeah, I liked that a lot. And I liked how, like, in that one conversation between Maria and Captain Von Trapp, like, she's, she's, like, listing each of them and you kind of get that sense, like, oh, she actually knows them as individuals already, like, despite how many there are. 
like, and, and talking about, like, what each of them needs, like, from their father and that kind of thing. It's like, oh, that's, like, really sweet. She, like, actually took the trouble to get to know them. Um, yeah, it's nice. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> in this one, there's, like, a lot of older kids, whereas in Mary Poppins, it's, like, two very much, like, younger kids, yeah. which is kind of a different dynamic, but... You know, in both cases, it's like <laughs> that. I guess they thought o- older kids needed a governess too in ye olden times or whatever. I think it was like for rich people, it was like until you get married, you have a governess, <laughs> 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 and then your husband can take over the job or something. Um, <laughs> whoa. Um, actually. Okay, I do have a, I have an ending question related to that, but we'll, we'll wait until we're done. Okay. Oh, we haven't done an ending question in a while. mm, I'm done, I think. Justin? I I guess I'll just give my final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This movie absolutely lives up to its reputation. Mm. Um, As, as you get older, you find out that uh popular things are popular for a reason mm, and, imagine yes that. And, uh if if you didn't like this movie as a kid or if you don't think it's gonna be your thing and you haven't seen it yet uh, give it a chance um it it is as amazing as uh, people have made it out to be for the last 60 years oh. hey. uh, uh. It's great. It, its age shows a little bit, but I mean that's just natural. This movie is fantastic. Please watch it. I had a great time watching it today, and I really was not expecting to. Aww. Yeah, and the music's really beautiful. Um, I, I guess I should have said at the beginning this is our musical month. Um, March musicals. Oh, yes. oh. Hey. Um, musical March. Yeah, musical March. That's better. Um, and um, so. We're going to be talking about all sorts of musical movies this month. Obviously, there are lots of plays that are musical, but as this is a film podcast, we will be talking about film adaptations. Correct. For uh, speaking about musicals, explicitly the musical versions. Yes. uh, I would recommend Musical Splaining with Lindsay Ellis. Oh, yes. Oh, and which actually, they, they're not their most recent, but their second most recent episode was on The Sound of Music. There you go. Um, so if you want some more perspectives that aren't ours, though I don't know why you would need anyone else's, uh, go check that out. <laughs> um, but yes, so, um, okay, uh, a fun question uh, for closing, which we haven't done in a while. Um, so, okay, if you had to be the, whatever you want to call it, nanny, governess, male governess, caretaker. Governor? Uh, yeah, the governor. <laughs> governor? <laughs> Um, to a family, uh, would you rather be the one for the Banks children or the Von Trapp children? Given all the other circumstances that are going on, the living situation, the parents, et cetera, et cetera. Von Trapp. Because you can make the older children pitch in to take care of the younger children. (laughs) Dividing the labor, I see. Ah, Banks. Uh, even though you can make the older kids help, there's still seven kids, two of which are teenagers, and that comes with a whole other scoop of bullshit. Uh, I'd much rather handle two kids. <laughs> yeah, 
I get tired very easy. <laughs> Don't tell the kids that. Okay. Yeah, that's. And the if there's thing. any criminals listening, I never get tired. <laughs> and ladies, and ladies too. too. Um, <laughs> right, because it's kind of like, um. Well, yeah, like two children seems easier. Like two kind of small children. Both Whereas, like in like, dignity. Both <laughs> in fair London, where we lay our scene. Um, in fair Vienna. Salzburg? Austria. Carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, whereas, like, in Maria's case, there's, like, teenagers, which... Ugh. But also, I guess I was a high school teacher, so I, I guess I sort of have experience with that. Also, you have to take into consideration, all things being the same, uh, I get to hang out with Captain Bontrap, so... <laughs> This, this is going to work out in my favor. With that, my name's Caleb. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at actual underscore Caleb. Um, my, um, my, my name's Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Steph has no name and on Letterboxd at Ray's Left Web. <laughs> makes me giggle every time <laughs> my name's justin you can find me on most social media at blame it on butler you can find this show on twitter at sounds familiar and be sure to listen to our sister show i hope you exist all about ufos cryptids and other strangeness thank you for listening that to our first Never episode mind. of musical march X-Files. good night everybody okay. yes good night <laughs> love you Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to check the episode description for any links we may have included related to this week's episode. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at Sounds Familiar. If you'd like to get in contact with us, drop us a line at soundsfamiliar at gmail.com. We'd like to thank our friend Chelsea for our logo. Check her out on Instagram at ChelseaBHDesigns. We'd also like to thank Shane Quick for our theme music. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We'll see you next time on Sounds Familiar.